In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be discussing the draw against Napoli. We'll be previewing the match against Sampdoria, the tragic events following their David Astori's death, this week's Moji, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Attenzione, Ronaldo salta anche Marchegiani e mette dentro il 3-0. Andiamo il principe, entra in aria, è solo, è tiro, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol! Torna Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo! E lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti! La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter! L'Inter vince! E Dillo, campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! I più forti siamo noi! Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I am your host, Matavali Ruzzari, wishing you back to the show uh, after last week's hiatus following the tragic events which led to the demise and death of Davide Astori, which led to all of the Serie A games being cancelled on the Sunday, including the Derby della Madonnina. Uh, but we're back now because uh, we Inter did play and play did resume on Sunday uh, when Inter played against Napoli. And here to, here, here to help me uh, analyze this match is uh, we've got Serpents of Madalena on uh, Mr. Will Beckman. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Nima. I've got a little intermug here. I'm having a drink out of it, so I'm all ready. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and we're also joined... Bought, bought from the official club store, I'll have you know. Oh, that's, that's good. You're, 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 supporting, you're supporting the summer mercato already. Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Done my bit for the... Yes, we, 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 we sure need it, because... Uh, it doesn't seem like UEFA is going to do us any any uh, <laughs> any favors, um, and we're also joined by the gentleman Ultra himself, who yesterday uh, re- released their own podcast. Welcome to the show, Mr. Richard Hall. Hi guys, it's good to be back. Well, if that's an instant mug, is it broken yet? <laughs> it's one hundred percent intact. It's probably lacking in quality. It's probably yeah, it's like, and it's on loan. Well, <laughs> it, it is an black, to buy. It is, it is black and blue, but only two thirds of the way round. There's a white strip. It, you've loaned it for two. Years. You've loaned it for two years payment, and then you have to buy it with an obligation to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we've also joined by um, BT Sports, uh, ESPN FC's writer and uh, part of the European Football Show, Mr. James Horncastle. Welcome back to the show. Hello, I am joining you from Arsenal's press room where I'm about to see the enemy, AC Milan, uh, play against Arsenal. How do they actually think they can turn this around? Like, have you, have you, have you got that Yeah, of course. Oh, it's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's impossible, guys. Nothing's impossible. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Right, well... I think we've got... Yeah. Yeah, no, let's... No. Um, Let's talk. Let's talk about the the, the match against Napoli, uh, a game where Inter finally got back to playing after a two-week break, which I think actually did them some good because Inter looked like a coherent team uh, for the first time in a long while with a Marcelo Brozovic who probably gave his best performance of the season. Skriniar, we're used to him being brilliant. Um, James, if I start with you, ha, ha, what are your thoughts about this game, about the game against the draw against Napoli? 
<laughs> well, in hindsight, uh, perhaps it shouldn't be a surprise that they got the result that they did um, because Inter have been very good um, in games against uh, the top sides this season. Um, Spurti has a very good record against uh, Maurizio Sadi. Um, we saw that um, earlier in the reverse fixture um, at the San Paolo and we saw it when he took Roma there um, last year as well. So he does seem to be like uh, Maurizio Sadi's kryptonite. Um, but um, when I saw the, the team sheet, I thought, Phew, um, it's a bit bold, particularly that midfield, which had uh, Brozovic, Gagliardini and, uh, and Rafinha in it. Um, but to be fair, it was, um, to use the Italian phrase, uh, la mossa vincente. It, was, it, it seemed to work for them. Um, and I think um, you know, what was curious about the game was that neither goalkeeper really had anything to do in it. Um, you know, OK, Scrinia hit the post from that set piece. Insigne was... Um, played through but made the wrong decision but aside from that it was it was a chess match um and one i think yeah well, well it actually did end in a draw i don't know which rabbit hole i was about to go down there but um, <laughs> um, um but um it seemed that inter recaptured some of the spirit some of the the the, the togetherness um that made them a, a potential contender an outsider at least until the middle of december um so it was the, the timing of, of Spalletti's outburst um, after it was, was, was a bit of a surprise um, to basically uh, turn both barrels on his players, on the team. Um, it struck me as, as, a, as a very odd move, um, although a very Spalletti-like move um, to make. I'm really interested. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I wanted to talk about. And that's Spalletti. I mean, of all the times that you would have expected him to completely throw the team under the bus and throw the club under the bus, I mean, you can't. I mean, I don't think anyone who supports Inter has followed him can, can really say that he's wrong. But the timing of it strikes me as really, really odd or very, very planned. Now, with that, you know, if, I, if, we, if, we all put our, if we all put our tin foil hats on here a bit, I mean, was this a kind of a way for him to kind of, was, what's, he, what's he playing at here? Is there an ulterior motive or what is the ulterior motive, James? James, what do you think? I think um, it must have been planned because he, um, he said it to both uh, media outlets um, uh, after the game, it, it seemed like it was it was rehearsed that this was was something that he wanted to to get off his chest. Um, yeah, it's curious because you you can point out the inconsistencies in his media strategy over the last you know few months. Um, you know, on the one hand, he says that everyone, including my mum, knows that I need a centre back, um, and then the the uh, you know a few days later, he's saying you know stop talking about. Transfer market stop players. You know, I want to protect my players. You're not showing respect for my players. And uh, on Sunday, he does this. Basically, tells them that they're not good enough. That they lack quality. Um, and you know, when it was put to him that, um, come on, Luciano, you have a player like uh, Maricardi in your team. Um, he's got quality, hasn't he? He said, well, you know, in the box, he's got quality. <laughs> Uh, but you know, when it comes to com coming bet uh, between the lines, you know, combining, uh, maybe beating a player and uh, an opponent in a, in a dribble or one v one situations, then maybe he doesn't have quality. But by the way, guys, he's a great goal scorer. Um, I, 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 th I, th I thought it was it was it was very curious, um, particularly when he picked up Kandreva, who was you know confronted with these comments afterwards, and he said, and Kandreva basically said, look. 
Um, the mister's just trying to motivate us. <laughs> and Spalletti said, well, you can think that if he likes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a madness. Yeah, J- I, James. Um... Sorry, James, can I ask a question? Mm. Do you think that that message, uh, when he's talking about the lack of quality, do you think it was sort of aimed at the board and sporting directors as well? A bit of a message to sort of say, you know, yes, we have stalled. It's probably because of lack of quality, but the same sort of indicated that he's going to need some help in the um, summer. I think so. Uh, but then again, I remember him at the end of the transfer window, and you have to take a pinch of salt and, and, and see that he has to say these things. But he's mm. like, we don't need anyone else. I'm happy with the squad that I've got. Um, yeah, clearly uh, Inter have, uh, I think, wasted a lot of um, Suning's goodwill and money um, in um, what the last three transfer windows by blowing it on players who you know, have been busts for them. You know, you think of Jao Mario, you think of um, Gabigol. Um, uh, <laughs> but you, you go even further back, you go to Kondogbia, you go to, you know, even this sort of when Tohir, his splashes, which included, what, Shakiri and Jovetic, <laughs> which, um, uh, you know, in, <laughs> in, in those days... Just, Jesus Christ, yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Getting, getting to here to basically fork out, you know, 15 million, 20 million for a player was seen as, you know, um, uh, was, was seen as a good job done. And yet all of those players have, have, you know, been through this revolving door and and haven't been able to help the club. So, you know, as as you guys have probably been speaking about on this pod for, for a long time now, the managers change, but the results um, remain the same. You know, it is, it is Groundhog Day every... Um, uh, every December, January um, for the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I, I think it's weird that, you know, this club has two sporting directors, albeit, you know, one whose role is, you know, sporting director for for the Sooning Sports Network. Um, it just it just seems unusual. Um, uh, even if you can say, you know, Juve, they've got Marotta, they've got Padatici, but they've got very different roles. Um, mm. So... So yeah, I think I think that he's pointing fingers at his players. He's pointing fingers at management, um, everyone but himself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's classic Spalletti, though, isn't it? Um, so uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 really glad you brought that up because I think that this is um you know uh, as I said I, I love Italy because of its conspiracy theories a little bit as well. Um, this is after all the country of uh, Machiavelli. I think that this is uh, this is Spalletti. To me, the way I interpret the situation is that this was an attack on Auxilio, that he wants to mm. consolidate Sabatini's role, a man who he knows, who he's worked with more before. And also, Auxilio, if you think about it, he's been at the club for six, seven years. He, although he's never had in that much money, he's been he's been the sporting director. He's the one who's the, you know at the end of the day responsible for the results on the pitch. And Inter have, have a fifth and a fourth place to show for it at best and no Champions League football. And the way I, I interpret it, the way I read the, the clouds in the skies, that this was, a, this was a very clear dig at Auxilio. This was a very clear you know, signal uh, oh, oh, is, it, is it Bono or Springsteen? What, which, which, which one did Spalletti call him? <laughs> yeah, um, I, th- I think this is Bono. I think, I think he wants to get rid of Bono. <laughs> Springsteen is timeless. Yep. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> In a real life situation, I'm fine with that. So, <laughs> so am I. No, but honestly, God, I, that, that's how I look at it. And the way I read it is that this was an attack on. This was a very clear signal to send to Suning that you know mm. you go with my man, go with Sabatini. 
Auxilio needs to leave. Um, and, and the way he said it uh, is also, I mean, because the thing is, when he, when he talks about Candreva that way as well, is because Candreva was a player that uh, Auxilio brought in. Oh, you, you can't blame Auxilio for Gabigol and João Mario because those were players that he didn't really want. Those were... They were, they were, those were my fellow compatriots, Kia Jurobshi, I'm from Iran, who basically... Yeah, you're, you're third sporting director. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Our intern over the summer from Iran, uh, who <laughs> dumped all his agents, um, uh, who dumped all his clients at, at Suning. Um, that, that's the way, I mean, so, so the way that he goes and takes on Kandreva, because Kandreva's been so protected by Auxilio as well, that is also something that I really read. Maybe I'm overreading it, but that's the way I look at it. That I think uh, the way I read it is either Spalletti or Auxilio is out this summer. That's the way I read the situation. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think um, look, um, Spalletti was um, very keen on on Sabatini staying um, when when he was at Roma. I think you know, uh, it's it, it's it's not you're not making too much of a leap um, to to suggest that um, yeah Sabatini's departure. Um, you know, was was a, was also a factor in, in in Spalletti's departure. Even though I think he would have gone uh, regardless. Such was the situation that there there was at, at Rome at the time. But you know, I remember Sabatini basically saying, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna resign." Um, talking quite frankly with journalists in the mix zone about it, and um, and uh, Spalletti basically uh, not photo bombing him, but like you know, saying you you absolutely cannot go. So it's it's very clear that there is a um, yeah, there is a there is a bond um, uh, between him and a trust, um, because what you you definitely have to say about Sabatini and his track record over over the years is he has furnished um, Spalletti with quality, um, um, you know, quality um, that you don't have to break the bank um, to sign, um, but other other teams have to break the bank to rest off you, which was often the case um, at Roma. Um, so. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 a. I, I agree with you, Nima, in that I think this this was definitely him pointing the finger um, at management. Uh, also, I think I, one of the reasons for the timing was I think he didn't want anyone to to go away from that that Napoli game and think that all of a sudden everything's okay. I think he wants he wants people to say, regardless of what happens, whether we qualify for the Champions League or not, we need to uh, rebuild again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, um, so, yeah. I think that's that's the state of play. That's it. Um, I wanted to uh, let, bring Will here a little bit. Uh, Will, do you have anything you want to ask James or talk talk about with James? Um, no, I think that, I think you've covered the Spalletti argument very well. One thing I would say is that um, he this isn't the first time he's he said something in a time that would appear to be absurd. You know, you mentioned his, his last few months at Roma last year. I remember when, when Roma beat Milan at San Siro, he came in the interviews afterwards and said, if I could go back in time, I wouldn't come back to Roma. And this was done <laughs> seven days before they were, Roma was the most important game of their season against Juventus, which would determine whether they'd have to go through the, um, the Champions League preliminaries or not. And they, they won it in the end. I mean, he, he got away with it. Or maybe, or maybe it worked. I don't know. Depends which way you're, you want to look at it. Um, but I think what you just said about um, stamping on, immediately stamping out the enthusiasm that may have been created by that performance, that's probably the best explanation that I've heard a week. Because I've, I've been trying to work this out because I just, you know, you can't, you, you can't have Spalletti saying this for no reason. He never says that. He plans everything. You know, he's the absolute opposite of the man he was up against on Sunday in that sense. Um, so I, th I think that's probably, probably a good one. Um, so, yeah. you know, 
Um, yeah, I, I, I think maybe I would ask something about Spalletti because there was the first couple of noises on, on social media this week about, you know, the fact that Spalletti maybe won't remain at Inter beyond, beyond the end of the season. You know, do you, do you think that there's any, re- there's any risk that, not necessarily that, that he will be fired, which is possible if Inter didn't make the top four, but the, the goodbye could come from him? Do you think he could walk away at the end of the season if this doesn't go well for the next two months? Well, I mean, look, um, we've seen just last year that um, Suning will fire a manager, um, you know, if uh, if if they um, no longer feel that he is um, serving their interests. Um, you know, they got rid of uh, Mancini, got rid of De Boer, got rid of Pioli. Um, you know, Vecchi seemed to be the only one who could do <laughs> do, do the their bidding for them. Um, I think with 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 Spalletti. Um, I think what he was doing again here was 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 basically saying he's playing a dangerous game um, because yeah as 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 Mancini um, kind of showed if 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 you don't run the the, the club as he would like it um, and the, there isn't um, joined up thinking um, between the, ma- the the manager and management. Then um, those guys, you know, live and die by their principles. Um, but I, I still find it hard to, to to see a situation unless something dramatically changes, whereby Spalletti is not um, at Inter um, next year. Um, I, I, I mean, even if you look at um, this time last year, we were talking a lot about Conte and. Um, um, the links between him and Inter and how Suning would have liked to have appointed him. I mean, we're not hearing any kind of noise about that. We're not even hearing any noise about Conte and, and Milan anymore because of um, the job that Gattuso has been doing pretty much since the end of December. And so it, it looks like the only kind of um, job available to Conte, at least in Italy, would be would be the national team job. So um, I don't see it, but I, I think it, this is this is a... This is a, a house of cards. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know whether Spalletti is Frank Underwood in this or um, also, also someone else. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> pro- probably probably best not to make that comparison, um, uh, given every, everything that's the, everything that's happened. Um, maybe yeah. he's uh, Robin Wright. Um, I don't know. Uh, Mrs. Underwood. So yeah. But. <laughs> Well then, in that case, then in that case, then Frank Underwood would have to be Sabatini, and Auxilio would be what's his name? Um, yeah, right. I was gonna, I was gonna say Stamper then, but yeah. no, that's not good either. It's just best to just do away with this comparison. Yes, yes, yes. Let's move on with it. Um, this is well, a bad rabbit hole you've gone down. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Right. Um, no, but I mean, if we look at the game itself, um, if, you know. Gagliardini and Brozovic have been two of the most criticised players of that, that Inter, you know, quite quite justifiably so too. But then against Napoli, they probably gave the best performances of the season. Why do you mm. think that is? <laughs> You're like, asking what, me to explain, no, Marcello no, no, Brozovic. No, no. Call me <laughs> Mark. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. what, what do you attribute? How do we got? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what do what do you attribute that to? Like, what, what is it just preparation, or like what finally, in your opinion, clicked? I would like to think that they've had a long time to prepare for this game and game plan for it, and um, yeah, longer than you might usually have because of the tragic events the the weekend before. Um, you know, Inter will not have had to have the same kind of rest and recuperation se- sessions that Napoli will have had after 
um, the defeat to to Roma on the on the Saturday before um, before Astori's death. I think to some extent with Brozovic, um, there was an element of of either proving people wrong um, after everything that happened in January. Um, you know, be it him with his uh, allegedly with his bags packed. Uh, ready to go to uh, to Sevilla, or you know, you know the the legal action that he's now taking against the people who were spreading um, the uh, the fake news um, about uh, his <laughs> uh, what was going, yeah, um, about um, well the Akadi story there. Um, so I think maybe there was an element of that. Um, uh, you know, Gagliardini was a surprise, really, um, for, for for me, because you know I, I think I've said before. I think it's it's really hard to judge players in um, in a in a in a in a system with um, that come out of the Atlanta system, um, you know, be it be it Kessie, be it um, uh, Will will just like this. Fabio Caressa just walked past me. Um, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, Who's with him? Uh, is he, is with him? Oh, he, he, he was on his own. Oh. Um, I haven't seen uh, Lozio, um, but. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's surprising. I mean, look, one of the things that I, I think is why Spalletti is so frustrated is because this is a guy who who reinvents players, who finds an X factor from within. We've seen it with Perotta before. We've seen it with um, Totti, Nainggolan, and yet he's he hasn't been able to do that with anyone at Inter. Everyone seems to be so one-dimensional to him. Um, you know, he's you know tried, for example, putting Candreva in the middle. He's tried. Um, playing, you know, Cancelo uh, high and wide um, out out on the right, um, only for Cancelo basically to complain about wherever he plays <laughs> to him. Um, uh, he's 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 done lots of different things, and yet nothing really is making this inter team play better on play play in in how you would imagine a Spalletti team to play. And I, I think um, uh, you know even even on 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 Sunday. Uh, you know, what stood out is Inter are quite able to carry out um, a, a plan in which to, to frustrate an opponent and, and stop an opponent. But that's 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 all they can do. Um, and, uh, and and I think that's something that really really gets on on Spalletti's wick because his teams, you know, habitually entertain and play thrilling football and. Um, you know, Inter still unable to do that, partly because um, there is someone wearing a, a very convincing Ivan Perisic suit on the <laughs> on the left hand side. Um, I don't know what they've done with the real Ivan Perisic, but he seems to have disappeared since the beginning of uh, uh, December. Um, and yeah, just nothing's nothing's clicking. I mean, you three can cross better than Candreva. Um, so you know, it's, I don't know. It's, I mean, <laughs> let's not go into down that rabbit hole. Either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was good, I was a good left back in my day. But, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, right. Um, no, um, yeah. Well, that's that's great. I mean, I think you did pretty well uh, to explain what happened there. I mean, you know, Stephen Hawking passed away. You managed to explain Marcelo Brozovic, so you're taking up where he left off. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
I have been wondering about the mysteries. Um, uh, yeah. That's a far better tribute to him than Neymar's tribute to him. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Oh, <laughs> right, um, James, we, I know to always kick off, uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night and come on the Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sh- you oh, should find Luca Viali in that press room, by the way. Apparently he's there with Caressa. Yes, Super. he is. My colleague. Ah. My, yeah, my friend. Yeah, he doesn't do commentary much. Yeah, my friend just texted me saying, I've just read, I've just taken the elevator twice with Viali. I hope you're dying with jealousy. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, which he knows me, I am. I told him to piss off. So, yeah. So, yeah, so I know Viali's there. I've, I've already got... Well, have a lovely evening. Um, uh, I hope, I'll, you know, we'll talk to you soon. And thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure, guys. Have a great Enjoy evening. the game. Enjoy the Enjoy game. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the game. Right, um, let's, uh, before we leave the Napoli game uh, uh, and go on to the Sampdoria game, I just wanted to briefly touch base. Uh, I just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit looking forward now. Because um, I thought, because I really, I was really, really impressed to see Brozovic in that role. And I was really impressed by Galliardini above all, because, I mean, I think anyone who listens to this podcasting, you guys know, uh, for me, Brozovic is too much Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He's too, you know, he, he has, I've said it a hundred times in this pod, he has all the talent, everything required to become a world-class midfielder, but he doesn't have the brain and he doesn't have this mental strength uh, and the intelligence to consistently deliver. And that's why I've kind of given up on him. But I haven't given up on Gagliardini yet. And what I saw against um, uh, against uh, Napoli really gave me hope because he looked like his timing was back again. Um, and I'm really keen to hear what you guys think moving on uh, going forward what role Gagliardini can play based on the performance against Napoli. Uh, Will or Richard? Will? I don't know who that was, signed. <laughs> Hello? Uh, yeah, I can go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think with Gagliardini, like we said, early in the season, he did look really promising. And I think I think it's more of... Um, it was interesting to see that he did look to be sort of recapturing some sort of form. I think for instance, to move forward and, and, and to see that role really come... To life, I think it doesn't just depend on Gagliardini. I think it's been sort of the problem with Inter in general. We look at Perisic not performing. We said Kandreva is not performing. Gagliardini has been on and off. Rozovic has been on and off when he's played. You know, I think for Gagliardini at the beginning of the season, there was other players who were actually performing around him as well. And it's very much of um, for me. It's really important that Spalletti can slowly start to get the best out of that midfield because. Obviously, he, he, when, when he has players that are actually making runs around him, he has got a decent range of passing. He has got a good engine on him as well. But he can't do it on his own. He's not one of those players. And, and I think that when you look at most midfielders, there's very few that can grab a game by the neck and actually bring the team through. It, you know, he's not one of those players. So for me, I think that if he can get uh, a tuna, someone like we've mentioned, I think Paris is really important for that. It just, you know, that'll help spread the play. It'll give him more room in the middle. And, and, and things like that will help him because he will have more time on the ball. He'll be asked to do different jobs. He'll have more options to pass to. I'm hoping that Rafina, you know, will give him other options as well. So for me, it's more about the collective that if Spalletti can start to get the players, only gradually even, you know, start to do that, I think that really then brings out the best in Gagliardini. Mm. Will, do you have anything to add to that? No, I agree with you in that Gagliardini's performance was more heartwarming than Brozovic's because... Um, well, Rozovic is, uh, is the law unto himself at times. You know, I, I, can we, can I we like stop? To... Can we stop trying to explain 
Brozo. Was, it's like you know, we've already you know we've already agreed that you know he doesn't really live in the same galaxy as the yeah, rest. Yeah, exactly. Of us. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he got he got a seven in every big Italian paper on Monday, and I just don't. It, it doesn't fill me with optimism. It doesn't do anything because you no. know that next week, you know, it could be it could be a completely different player. Now there was um, uh, this might sound like blasphemy in the in the week that Inter. Uh, celebrated its 110th anniversary, but I think Brozovic is is more rese- more representative of Inter as a club than Zanetti mm. ever was, because mm. he is, you know, th- th- there was a program on on Sky this week, sort of celebrating Inter's 110th anniversary, and they they looked at seven heroes throughout their um, throughout the the history of the club, and and at one point they had um, Max Petzali, the the singer, who said that the thing about Interismo is. You know, you're, one day you're up on the floor and next day you're... Sorry, one day you're up on the ceiling, the next day you're down on the floor. And that's what Brozovic <laughs> is. That's him all over. Mm. You know, and we, we, we need to move on from players like him. If we need players of consistency who can give you six, six, six out of ten every week. And he's kind of, you know, seven, three, eight, two. It's, a, it's, like, a, it's like a credit card number. Um, <laughs> that's a brilliant analogy. He's like a um, credit card number. Yeah. I, was um, going to, I was going to give you that. Thank you. That's it's awesome. about time. Now, uh, um, Gary, I, I think we'll get a very important crash test this weekend, you know, because he, if, he, if he comes back, then that is good news because you, you can be a little bit more reliant on him, you know, because uh, I said, I tweeted to to our friend Fulvio a couple of months ago, that um, Spalletti's challenge uh, from now until the end of the season is to get into into the Champions League with an entire line of the team less than the other teams. You know, the, 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 i.e. we don't have a midfield. And we did have a midfield on, on Sunday. You know, it was, it was very refreshing. Um, so hopefully that can continue. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what could have provoked this because I didn't see any signs of recovery from Gagliardini, but... Maybe it was the two-week break. I don't, I don't know. But we'll hopefully see. it'll continue. We'll see. We'll see. Right, let's move on. Uh, we're playing uh, one of the most difficult away games uh, of the season uh, on Sunday. Lunch match, 12.30 CET PM. Uh, away at the Luigi Ferraris against Sampdoria. A Sampdoria team who's coached by one of the best coaches in the Serie A. Uh, with a team and an Interista. And an Interista, Marco Giampaola, uh, who's been doing an excellent job. And he and Sampdoria play some really good football, and this was a and, and this is a team that, in, you know, this is a ground that Inter struggle on, uh, struggle uh, against, uh, struggle struggle at, uh, against the team that Inter struggle against was what I was trying to say. Um, but like going into this game, um, I'm 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 kind of optimistic, uh, and I'll tell you why, because. Icardi is finally back, and he's on 99 Serie A goals. He scored 10 for Sampdoria and 89 for Inter. And it would be so typical of him to score his 100th and 101st Serie A goals against Sampdoria. Also, um, I, you know, Spalletti, Spalletti aside, I thought that was a good performance by Inter. I thought he completely, uh, in a way that was very surprising to me, I thought Inter completely... Um, neutralized uh, Napoli, except for once, uh, when, when uh, Insigne tried to go for the spectacular rather than just the finish. And then, uh, and, and I was really impressed by that. And, and you, barring the individual you know, mistakes that a team w- w- which mentally are where Inter are, I thought it looked really good. And I would like to see some continuity uh, moving forward. Um, and I think we will. Uh, and that's what's making me very happy. 
uh, and actually very optimistic. And usually I'm not. I'm usually the Grinch on this show. That's my role. But I'm actually really positive going into it. Um, do you share my optimism, Richard? Or are you? Or have you taken over the Grinch? Role? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know on this one. It's a tough one because, um, listen, the, the first thing to say is that I do agree that, that that performance was positive. And I think that Inter, because they are such a, a basket case and a, a confidence club at the moment, they will take heart from that. And we probably could see, uh, you know, um, a bit of energy going into that game. But we know it doesn't take much to rock them. I think there's two ways to look at this. I mean, Inter have, it, what, three three defeats all season, is it? Um, you know, I mean, so you, I'm not really expecting them to go, to go there and, and lose. Um, but equally, I'm probably not looking at them going there and getting a performance. I think, you know, Sampdoria haven't been being at home since, I think it was a Sassuolo game in December. And since then, you know, I think they've, well, as you know, I'm just looking now, they've won one, two, three, four, four and drawn two at home. So again, you know, they are strong. They are strong at home. Obviously, we know that the, the Giampaolo is a, a cracking coach. You know, he's already saying that if Maurizio Sardi leaves Napoli, there's rooms that he's uh, the next one looking to go in that direction. So, you know, we know the quality of him. We know the quality of people like Quagliera, even, you know, Quagliera, sorry, who's having his Indian summer. And so they are dangerous. They are dangerous. Now, for me, yeah, I'm probably not as positive because I can, unfortunately, if I have to say, if I had to really lay some money on it or lay, be honest, I would say that I think Inter will go there. They may get a result, whether that's a point, whether it's three, but I don't really see that performance escalating that much from the Napoli game um, that, that it's going to actually make us sit back and go, yeah, we're back here. We, we could actually do something. But if we do go to, <laughs> to Genoa and, you know, we, we draw against Sampdoria and, or win against Sampdoria and the performance isn't there, it's still points, it's still towards the Champions League. And at the end of the day, that's what we set out, the club wanted to set out to do. So, yeah, maybe not as optimistic. And I don't want to pour too much misery on it, but that, that's, uh, that's how I see things going, unfortunately. Mm. What about you, Will? Are you are you are you are, are you negative or are you positive? Uh, I am the one that is not positive. <laughs> I'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, elaborate by all uh, means. <laughs> okay, well let's let's just back up what we've just been saying with some numbers. Sam have the best uh, have the third best home record in Serie A this season. Uh, they've played 14, won 10, drawn two, and lost two. Uh, and if you take the two defeats, they were both defeats uh, due to stoppage time goals. And in, if you take two of the draws, one of them was against Roma, who they were beating until the 93rd minute. So one thing's for sure, this won't be done in the first half, but we're going to win the game. It'll have to be a really tough, um, suffered win, as they say. Um, and then you can flip it and you can look at our away form because uh, we have played fewer away games than everybody else so far this season, as James was alluding to a few, a few minutes ago. But we still have the 12th best attack away from home. We've scored 15 goals in 12 games. So if we're going to win, it'd probably have to be 1-0. So that's that's another risk that we've got. And, you know, we are not good away from home. You know, I think we are, we're very different from Napoli in that Napoli will go, will, will go away and they'll play at home in exactly the same way. Whereas there have been a few occasions this season where I've got the feeling that sense that, I don't know if it's whether it's, it's something that Spalletti has told them to do or if it's just, it's just something subconscious, but we seem to be less courageous away from home. We don't seem to have the same... Um, cavalier attitude and, and the lack of fear for teams that we've had in some of our home games this season, like like Samp, who were the victims of probably our best performance of the season back in October when we beat them 
uh, well, best hour of the season because then it got a bit hairy at the end. Um, but, you know, we haven't beaten anyone higher than 14th away from home since Roma Inter in August. Mm. So this is not something that, if you look at the numbers, this is not something that that is is a given just because Inter are above them in the table. You know, I fear this game a lot. You know, and it's not, it's, Inter haven't lost against a top seven team this season. Or now, now uh, yes, they are in the top seven. Sam. Yeah, we're the only team in the league so far this season who hasn't lost against any of the top seven, as in within the top seven. Yeah. Um, so that's that's well, a good thing. But you know, I, I just don't like this game. You know, and I was just looking at, I was just looking. You, you mentioned there that um, Marassi was a was a. This was a, a match we didn't like, but we don't. It's not like we like the Genoa game either. I was just looking at our previous matches, and I reckon we've probably lost six of our last seven trips to that stadium, which is, which is really not nice because I know we've got a horrible record against against Genoa there. So, you know, I, I, and it's you know, and it's twelve thirty, and that's that's always a, you know, that's always a mucky hour. So. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not liking it. Fair enough. Um, I'm. I'm just gonna say uh, everybody who follows this show or follows me on Twitter knows that I have a massive boy crush, man crush on Gianluca Caprari. Uh, I was not happy when we sold him. I'm a bit happier now because he turned out <laughs> to be world class. Uh, but I would still love to hang on to Gianluca Caprari because I think that's a future. I think that's a future Italian international. Um, he had the uh, flu yesterday. I don't know if he's gonna make the game. Oh, now that that is that would be. Yeah, that'd be that good, news. Is good news. Because if you well, remember that game, uh, when, against, if you remember, yeah, but not only that, if you remember the return game at the San Siro, Inter start, Sampdoria started playing football when he came on and scored two goals. And he was pretty much behind those two goals. So that's a good news for Inter. He, he can hurt Inter because his movement and intelligence between the lines, because he's no longer a winger, he plays as a trequartista now. Yeah, uh, that's one of Giampaolo's intuitions. He's good at moving players around. Yeah, speaking of trequartistas and deep-lying midfielders, we had Banega and Caprari. No, Nima, let it go. It's in the past. Don't, don't dwell, right? Banega, who was in the last state <laughs> of the Champions League. Yes, exactly. Yes. exactly. I, I, I will never understand that. That is... Okay, no, 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 no. Let's not go let's, there. Let's, let's move. Let's move let's on. Let's move, move on. on. Yeah, let's move on. Boca Valero's been all right. Banega was never that good for us. That's fair enough. Fine. Can I, can I add something else before we... We round this up. I don't know if you wanted to say anything else, but there is one thing I'd like to say about this game, which is not cool. quite so serious. And it's just, is there a matchup in the current Serie A with more X's than Sampdoria Inter? Because I've been counting them and I've got 10. You've got five on both sides because yeah. you've, got, so. you've got Icardi, Skriniar, Eder and Spalletti himself. Yes. He was at Samp in 98, 99. And for Samp, you've got Viviano and Caprari, who admittedly never played for Inter, but were contracted to Inter. Uh, Ricky Alvarez, Silvestre and Belletz, who went there from Benevento in January. And of course, you've got Gianpaolo, who is an Inter fan. That doesn't really count as an ex. No. Speaking <laughs> of Spalletti, I was, having a look at, I was having a look back at his time when he was at Samp because I'd, I'd forgotten he was there. And he beat Inter 4-0 in this match in the 98-99 season. His Samp team destroyed us with a hat-trick from Montella and a goal from uh, Ortega, who lobbed Paliuca from inside the box. So that was not a nice day. So that's another nasty Morassi day to remember before we head into this, uh, this match. Right. Uh, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> um, I'm just, let, me, let me raise my glass and toast to a, to a three points on Sunday. <laughs> if we still have any listeners left, uh, or if they haven't killed themselves, <laughs> Um, like no, but let's. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna predict a two-nil win. I think Icardi is gonna score. A, is gonna celebrate a century of goals. He's gonna score two. 
Uh, they're going to score one through Qualiarella. Uh, we're going to win 2-1. Uh, Icardi scoring goal 100 and 101. And he's doing it, doing it against Sampdoria, a place where he's hated, where he's booed, where, if you guys remember, the Derby della Vandanara a couple of seasons ago. I think it's, it's just typical of him yeah. to do that. I, I just see him doing that. What are your predictions and goal scorers, Will? I fear it may be the same as last year, and that's 1-0 with a goal from Qualiarella. Because okay. I, I don't think this is... This isn't the same kind of game as, as Inter-Napoli or, or Juventus-Inter. I, I don't trust us away from home, unfortunately. I don't like having to predict a defeat. I don't think I've done it before on this part. But... <laughs> Richard? <laughs> Strange you said that, because I thought I'd get an match score. Uh, I've had that in my head. But I'm going to be my, a little bit more optimistic. and I'm going to go 1-1. I wouldn't be surprised if Inter took the lead. We all get excited and then... Sam get one back. Yeah. Like and then the, 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 then the performance goes. And we're back to square one again for the game after. Yeah, that could happen as well. I don't think we'll score more than one goal. Let's just hope it's enough. <laughs> I'm telling you, the 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 equality factor, because he I, I don't I don't know, I just got this feeling, equality factor. Right. Well he he broke a he broke a pattern against Napoli last season because up until that game he had always he'd never gone more than two games without scoring and that was his third game without scoring mm. on Sunday so it's about time it's about time right uh, let's uh, move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute with the piss out of and criticize something or someone uh, or something heavily in the world of football starting with something uh, a little bit. Uh, Something very positive uh, this week's Moratti that will be presented by Mr. Richard Hall. Oh my God, he is beautiful! He is beautiful, yeah! Okay, so something that was positive and uh, that came out something that obviously you mentioned before. We know that the games were called off last week um, uh, for DVD Astore, who obviously tragically passed away. Um, for me, this week and ever since then, I think there's been something really, really nice just about the fact of the way, not just that, the, that Italy responded by cancelling the games and the respect that that showed, because I'm not actually sure that would happen in every, in every country. I think that was exceptional, the way they came together. But the way the tributes have been paid, the, the wording and the, the, the way that a lot of the players, whether it's gone down from Chiellini, Cesare Fandelli, there's just so many of them who pay tribute to him have been so wonderfully worded um, and, and real tributes to the fact of not just about football, not just about sport, but, you know, about, about David Astori as a person. And that's someone that we don't get to know, you know, because for, for us, he's a footballer. I mean, I always thought Giancarlo Rinaldi wrote something on, on Football Italia about the fact that, um, you know, in sport, we look, we look to sport and football as a release. Um, and we, we put these people... Uh, you know these exalted people on pedestals, and and so it really hits us more when something actual from real life, because we're using football to get away from it. Something really tragic happens within football. Uh, it's very difficult for the human nation to deal with, and I think those tributes from the various different footballers helped a lot of people, probably the Fiorentina fans even more, because they got to almost know this guy as a person through the tributes. And I just think it was very respectfully done. I thought the turnout in Florence was fantastic. It gave a real representation of what the city was. And, and overall, just for something that was so tragic, I thought it, it was a, a massive shining light that came out of it. And I think it was even, even more beautifully represented on when they beat Benevento. And obviously, uh, Hugo scoring the number 31. Um, I thought I was really fitting. So it was just um, for something that was, was tragic. It, it was something great to come out of it. 
Agreed, agreed. I thought it was beautiful. It was, it was really, it really, sh like, it really captured. Yeah. I mean, Italians are really good at this kind of tribute when it, like, the showing love and manifestations of, of paying tribute to their fallen heroes. Italy is fantastic for that, and this was truly one of the most beautiful sides of Italy. So I think that's you're absolutely right. Two words, Riccardo Saponara. Mm, that was that was beautiful too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Right. All the tributes, that was the best. Let's uh, move on to something slightly more negative. This week's Moji, which I'll be presenting myself. Uh, the Moji of the week obviously has to go to the tragic death of David Astori, uh, and also we were we heard. Uh, of, a, of, a, of the tragic death of, I think it was a French footballer as well, who for no reason, you know, passed away. Um, these things, when these things happen, football is not important at all. I think the, the decision to not play the Serie A was, was correct, it was respectful. Um, uh, we, we, so for me, that's the motto, obviously, when someone passes away, someone who just has a two-year-old kid, a young guy, just it's it's horrible uh, but we also have to say the, these these people uh, who've been spreading these ridiculous rumors about Brozovic and Icardi on WhatsApp I've heard the message uh, saying that everyone at Inter knows this saying uh, there's uh, a lot of everyone this is something that's going to break in the news that Brozovic has been dating uh, Vanda Nara and that's why Icardi and Vanda aren't <laughs> yeah yeah and that's I haven't heard this you have not have you not heard this no, no, I hadn't heard this. Uh, no, 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 no. That, that was what, that, that's what's been going the rounds, and that's what led no, to that. that. That Instagram. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that they basically. Yeah, that's it's, though it's. Yeah. yeah, and that they claim that this was what it was about. It led to uh, Wanda Nara going out publicly and saying that she's going to take, uh, she's going to take legal action against the people who've spread this, and Brozovic saying that he's going to do that as well. Um, I doubt very much that Brozovic and Wanda Nara have hooked up, if they have. <laughs> That would be that. That would be. I mean, if that were the case, I'd like them all to leave and fuck off and never come back. But I doubt very much it's happened. And spreading malicious rumors like this is is ridiculous. It's not journalism. It's not even tabloid journalism. It's just disgusting. Uh, so for me, that's the moji of the week. Right. Um, let's move on to something slightly comedic uh, with this week's frog, yeah. which will be presented oh. by Will Beckman. Yes, well, I mentioned uh, last season's match between uh, Sampdoria and Inter at the at Marassi with the, that goal from Qualiera. That, of course, turned out to be the last match in charge for uh, for Frank de Boer, who was then sent back to uh, to the Netherlands, for want of a better phrase. Um, he turned up this year in uh, in uh, in England with Crystal Palace. He sunk like a stone there, lost four games, and was sacked. Um, and then. Um, and uh, he, he is this week's uh, frog, as uh, somebody suggested to us on Twitter this week, um, because he was put in his place by another former Inter manager, Jose Mourinho. Um, De Boer was uh, a guest for uh, BT Sport for their, their, their coverage of Chelsea and Crystal Palace's match on Saturday evening. Um, I saw a bit of it. He was quite good. He made a very weird analogy at one point about uh, barking and biting and about pressing that I didn't really understand. And then afterwards, he went on to talk about Marcus Rashford, who was um, who he thinks should be playing a bit more. And he said something along the lines of, it's a pity that he is uh, that he's, he's being managed by Mourinho because, you know, as, as, a, as an England national team fan, you'd want him to be playing more. But unfortunately, Sanchez will, will be getting more games. And if he makes one mistake, he's out, etc. and so on. 
Um, and of course, Mourinho didn't take this lying down. So before the match against Sevilla on Monday, um, the match on Tuesday <laughs> with the press conference on Monday, he uh, came back with <laughs> a very classic Mourinho response. <laughs> no holes barred. <laughs> no, said. he went all in. He, he, it was just, he was just talking about something else. And suddenly he went, I heard a comment this week from the worst manager in the history of the Premier League, Frank De Boer. <laughs> seven games, seven defeats, no goals scored, which, by the way, is not correct because he only lost four. And then, <laughs> and then, he, and then Roy Hodgson lost the next three. But that's, maybe that was even planned. I don't know. He doesn't normally get his numbers wrong. And so he went on and said, um, he, De Boer said that if, um, if uh, it would be a good thing for Rashford to be managed by someone else because all I'm interested in is winning. Well, if he was managed by Frank de Boer, he would learn how to lose because he lost every game and then just sort of carried on with his press conference as if he'd sort of said, you know, isn't, it, isn't, isn't the weather looking nice today or something? And as if just a really kind of perfectly delivered um, put down. Um, of course, Mourinho didn't have the last laugh because Manchester United were knocked out of Europe this week by Vincenzo Montella, of all people, and Sevilla. But... Um, yeah, but that was, uh, you, you can't really, you know, it was, if, if someone had tweeted that on a uh, Twitter that you would respond with that, that gif of the people falling over going, Ooh, I don't know. How, I don't know what, I don't know where it's from, but there's a, there's one that always does the rounds and people make burns like that. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, although he probably had the last laugh this week, Frank DeBoer is, uh, is this week's I mean, frog of the week. It's it, to me, it's hilarious when these, I mean, what do they expect is going to happen? You don't, you know, Mourinho is rarely one that picks these fights. However, he ends them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you can't, you have to understand. It's like when, it's like Ferguson back in the day. Like, you don't, you know, you do not give him that ammunition. You don't, you know, you don't go into the lion's lair. You know, you don't go into, you don't go into, you don't go and poke the lion in the eye and then wonder why he bites your head off. I mean, it's just to me, what are you talking about? The two last jobs that Frank de Boer have had have disastered in unmitigated disaster. They've ended in absolute disasters. His, his inter side, barring that game against Juventus, was an absolute, they were unwatchable, absolutely unwatchable. Crystal Palace, they were, it was, it was horrible. He was, he was trying to get them to play Ajax football at Crystal fucking Palace. And, you yeah, know, with I mean, Ben Teke and James Tompkins <laughs> and so on. <laughs> I mean, for goodness sakes. I mean, that was, you know, that was just wrong on so many levels. So, you know, so, so for me... Morally wrong as much as anything else. <laughs> morally, whatever. Every ism you can think of, it was just wrong. Um, so, mm. no, um, so that's, um, th that to me is just, it was hilarious. Because when I, I, I saw that and... And I and I laughed my ass off because <laughs> I, I knew that something like this was going to come, and and it did. <laughs> and yeah. and it's um, however I got I've got an addendum to your frog. And the thing is, when when Mourinho was at was in Inter, he my favorite my uh. absolute favorite spat <laughs> he had was yeah. with uh, the, the director of sports <laughs> at Catania, uh, Lomonaco. Um, who's still there? Who's still there? And um, he. He, he said something horrible about uh, Mourinho back then. And Monaco, in, in, like in Munich, is Monaco in Italian. Monk, the, 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 the Tibetan monk, Dalai Lama, the word monk, is Monaco. Uh, and Monaco, obviously, Monte Carlo. And so, uh, <laughs> and uh, back then, um, Mourinho, you know, he criticized Mourinho for being, you know, being rude and not having respect. 
And Mourinho basically would let him have it and saying, I don't know who Monaco is. Are you talking about Bayern Munich or Bayern Monaco? Are you talking about Monte Carlo Monaco? Are you talking about the monk of Monaco from Tibet? Um, et cetera, et cetera. And then this week, um, the same Lo Monaco, uh, again, uh, he said something about Mourinho, which I don't think Mourinho will respond to because I don't think he's heard it. However, I pray to God, if I were there in the next press conference, I would definitely ask him this because... Yeah, I'll, get, the... I'll, I'll send Dresh Sheaves a message. Just please ask yes. him about your Lo Monaco. Oh, I'm, I'm, pulling, I'm, pulling, I'm pulling strings. I'm, I'm writing everyone I know in the industry <laughs> saying, for my, for my sakes... Can you please read Le Monaco's statements to Mourinho and ask him to retort? Because they had a brilliant feud. Uh, anyway, uh, he basically said that uh, as a motivator, there is no one better than Mourinho in the world. However, uh, on the pitch, he behaves like a donkey or an ass, uh, which is what he said. Now, this feud was beautiful uh, back then, and I so hope, I'm so grateful to Le Monaco for reigniting this. I just hope Mourinho takes the bite. <laughs> Um, and, oh dear! Oh. I would actually have um, one more um, story, which is not a frog. I couldn't give. I couldn't make this man a frog because of what he means to Inter. But I did just want to mention Nicola Berti, yeah, because he made a little bit of a fool of himself last. When he week. was drunk on TV. <laughs> yes, he was invited on to Sky Italy's uh, midweek late night show that they do after every Champions League night. He was in. He was. Um, he was with Di Marzio in a restaurant somewhere and evidently they'd been waiting a while, probably been drinking while watching the matches and they came to him and from the moment he opened his mouth it was obvious that something was not right. He was wow. <laughs> and he was interrupting people, he was slurring, he was telling jokes that weren't really funny for anyone other than himself. It was, oh <laughs> it, was it was classic Nicola Berti, if you know anything yeah. about this guy, he's... He's, he's a genius and he's a favourite uh, of mine. And watching him pissed on TV did not uh, exactly <laughs> lower his legendary status with anyone, no, I'd say. No. Um, right, uh, that was all we had time for this week. I'd uh, like to thank uh, you, Will. Thank you. I'd just like to say happy birthday, Inter, because we didn't really talk about that no, we didn't. this week. We didn't. But um, lovely to see Mike on Sunday. And um, I'm braising my mug to uh, <laughs> the man who, to not Danilo D'Ambrosio as we speak. Exactly. Not, not, not D'Ambrosio, not double D. Right. Um, uh, I'd also like to thank James Hallcastle for joining us and Richard Hall, who had to leave us sooner uh, this week. The Gentleman Ultra, I, can't, uh, I can recommend both of their podcasts. Uh, it's on iTunes. Uh, um, the, uh, Richard's, uh, Richard's podcast is called The Gentleman Ultra. And uh, the one that James is usually on is called On the Continent, where they talk about European football. <laughs> I can really recommend that. There uh, is another, there is yeah. another podcast James is on this week, um, the Totally Italian Football Show. Oh Golazzo. yeah. Golazzo. This week they 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 do sort of they look back at classic matches from the nineties. This week on the episode that was out on Wednesday, they're looking at two Inter Sampdoria matches. They're looking at that Inter Samp match from two thousand and five. Ah. I just listened to it before we came on. Nice. It, it, they 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 found Scarpini's commentary from somewhere. So listen to that before Sunday because it was definitely it was wonderful. It was very good. Mood. It will get you in the right mood. Uh, and uh, as always, if you hit subscribe and rate us on iTunes, if you're listening. Uh, and as always, until next week, I'm your host, Nima Tavale Ruzzari, wishing you all a good week, three points, and sempre e solo forza. Inter. <laughs>